0: And I miss you. I'm going back, go back,
1: go back, go back home to the West Coast. And I miss you. I'm going back home to the West Jordan Coast. And I miss you. I'm going back home to the West Coast. Live from K Dog Studios, it's Brennan Jr. and Jordan Freshman. West Coast Biden.
2: Trent Richardson to me does not even get invited. I think Matt Barkley gets invited. I'm taking Oklahoma 38, <laughs> Oklahoma State 27, and I'll tell you why, the weather. Give me VTech 28, Clemson 12, give me Houston 52, 24. The Heisman to me goes to case camp. You start a legal fund for him can we just play for Tata?
1: <laughs> if you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough.
0: When you get knocked down you gotta get back up
1: I ain't the sharpest knife in the drawer but I know enough to know Hi and welcome to West Coast Bias on this unorthodox yeah. Tuesday. What an intro. Yeah. Loving it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now you're uh you're good at the sports thing aren't you?
2: better than you. Oh,
1: really? I mean, anyone
2: can cherry-pick some crap,
1: I say. I mean, that's not hard. Really? It, it wasn't really hard to cherry-pick since it was, Who knew? Much, it was pretty much everything you said on Friday.
2: Who knew Case Keenan was going to go out there and just lay an egg? Who knew?
1: Oh, you yeah. didn't know?
2: It totally ruined my Saturday, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I was not happy. You were listening to the West Coast by a Sports Show here on KDWG Dylan 90.9. Get it out early. The only... Sports talk radio show that started with the biscuit, and now we got a loaf.
1: Yeah. Everybody know that, though.
2: Well, I mean, it has been our saying for quite a while. Loaf. 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 And we are on an unorthodox Tuesday. Normally, not something we do, but Brennan, I would like to let you know, it is a haircut Tuesday. Yeah. Every Tuesday, each and every Tuesday is a haircut Tuesday in my world. So today on the West Coast Bias Sports Show, it is a haircut Tuesday.
1: Insert haircut, sound clip, here. Yeah, Flip. thank you for getting that done. Flip. You were you were able Flip. to, Flip.
2: I see you were able to cut up a great Flip. intro of me just saying ridiculous stuff. I appreciate that. Hey, no problem. If I knew how to work uh, such instruments like a computer, I would probably do that.
1: Well, you can just probably claim frittata on that one.
2: I'm not going to. I'm not very happy.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that. You got me, you
2: know, starting off on a rough... Uh, Let's go spy show
1: with the the talent, Jordan Featherman, whose favorite saying is.
0: My mom always said, life was like a box of chocolates.
2: You never know what you're going to get. I've never said that. Especially when Case Keenum
1: going to Heisman.
2: Okay, once again. And (laughs) what Brennan just decided to leave out there is that I said, before we did the Heisman stuff, (laughs) now am I going to get in trouble? Are you going to knock me points?
1: Trent Richardson's not even getting invited.
2: I said this was my opinion. I mm-hmm. thought I had four candidates, five candidates, better than him this year. Yep. I'm sorry, Brendan. Maybe, you know, if you're just going to be uh, unfair with how you uh, cut the audio, I don't think that's... Yeah? It's not very fair to me, I'll tell you that much.
1: Well, I mean, you've had your own missteps on air recently, so I'm not That's
2: That's him. not true. That's not true. <laughs> it's not.
1: Well, you're listening to West Coast Bias Show. We are a sports show, when we're not talking about each other's missteps. Uh, you can reach us on Facebook. At Facebook.com/forward/slash/WestCoastBiasShow. I never
2: said Barkley gets invited. It was on there. Yeah, I know, but I think that you
1: it was conveniently cut something. It was on there. Oh, uh, yeah, because Facebook remember, search. West is this Coast bias. is this
2: killing you right now? Is this killing you right now? And it was killing me.
1: Don't recall that. Unbelievable. Let's go to the tape. Oh, we don't have it.
2: Unbelievable. We're also
1: on Twitter at WCB Show.
2: Holla at me on there. Yep. I'll tweet you back.
1: He'll tweet you back. Anything you want to ask Jordan, just at sign WCB Show. Get Twitter if you don't have it. It's a lot of fun. Get to follow a follow out of crazy athletes and see what they're doing. And uh, also, you get to ask Jordan some fun questions, even if he is wrong. But we love him anyway. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And uh, you can actually email us into Show at gmail.com. Uh, Jordan, you're actually happy to say uh, what... Something not happening this week.
2: There will be no Dr. J this week. So I do not want to open the West Coast Bias inbox and see a bunch of letters addressed to Dr. J asking him about your guys' problems. He won't be here. He's not coming in this week. It's a Tuesday-Thursday protocol this week. No Dr. J. Go ahead. I mean, feel free to email your questions in for next week or whatever you want to do. But there will be no Dr. J. He is not coming up. I'm putting my foot down. I'm going to miss him. Yeah, I'm sure you He's will. A good guy. Yeah, I'm sure you will.
1: He's always right. You would. You would. He's right all the time. Constantly.
2: It, it's just unbelievable to me that you just sabotage me like that.
1: I don't know what you're talking about.
2: I said blatantly that Matt Barkley is not getting invited because <laughs> of that Arizona State game he played. I said that. I had Bell, Keenum, Luck, and RG3 getting invited. I picked four guys and then said Trent Richardson, Trent Richardson doesn't get invited. Of course, I was assuming... On logic, the Case Keenum wouldn't go out there and lay an egg with the rest of the Houston Cougars who, to me, every one of them looked like they were looking at Coach Sumlin like, you know, yo, you don't even want to coach us anymore. I
1: was always, you're out of here. You're out of here. It's someone's fault. It's got to be someone's fault. Uh, we're also on the iTunes. Are we ever? We're on that fad. Mm-hmm. So iTunes store uh, in the search bar, West Coast Bias Show. You can download us, all that fun stuff. Listen to us while you're taking a light yog uh, in the car. In this snowy, cold weather, depending on where you are. Uh, also, you want to pick up some WCB Show swag, because everyone wants a t-shirt that has a cool logo and a funny saying on the back. Uh, you go to wcbshow.spreadshirt.com to reach us there. So yeah, uh, I know I'm I'm be ordering a nice t-shirt, probably long sleeve for right now. But then I'll probably get a short sleeve to rock underneath like a hoodie or something, you know what I'm saying? Probably West Coast Bias Show hoodie. I, i'm gonna go with the hoodie i think hoodies are nice uh mm. yeah I'm, I'm gonna go with the hoodie but yeah you know whatever there's some ladies gear up there too
2: and keep in mind i, I think do we have a thong on there not yet ah oh, Brandon,
1: working on the uh fail fail the sizes you know
2: uh remember we do not make any money off uh said west coast bias merchandise we just want to see it out there have everybody pimping our stuff so that's the only reason we're doing that like that we ain't making any cheddar bones which want the that. fans to rock their gear yeah, i mean that's how it works
1: looking fly
2: brennan i've got big news
1: well i got some new facebookers Oh, uh, okay goes. let's go well we got a new facebooker billy l billy
2: billy l's a buchan, isn't
1: he yeah uh umw student too
2: oh okay well billy um, thanks for listening cool dude apparently so, gotta be a cool dude he's, if he's real, part he's part of the twitter maniac and the fam cool dude the facebook fam
1: yeah New Twitters, too. Oh, got a, someone on the Twitter machine. Actually, just machine. a Twitter. Oh, just one. Is Jason Anson. Jason Anson. Yeah, he's apparently bridging the gap between sports sciences using technology.
2: And I believe he's a Canuck. Is he? I believe he's a uh, a wildly northern. A no. Wildly northerner. Nothing wrong with that. Canadia.
1: I'm sure he's going to unfollow us promptly as is uh, protocol with every new Twitter follower. Yep, yeah, yeah, it's all my fault. We talk about him and they're like, oh, is that it, Phil? Yeah,
2: it's all my fault.
1: Unfollow, sir. Each,
2: each and every time.
1: So, what is your super awesome news, dude?
2: This is the biggest news I've ever broke. I right, West Coast by a sports oh, show. Boy. The Kepler Observatory.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You might remember that as the six hundred million dollar project.
1: I faintly recall that.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's found a total of two thousand three hundred twenty-six planets. That's not bad. Since it since it started working in March of two thousand nine, but on Monday, Brennan. Oh no! The biggest news came.
1: Edit.
2: the Kepler Observatory found the first. Habit. Hab, help me out. I practiced all pre show about this too.
1: Use the syllables.
2: Habitable. Habitable.
1: There you go. Habitable. Good job.
2: Found its first habitable planet, an alien planet. The oh. first one, Brennan, of its kind. Now, this opens many doors. Many doors. It's 600 light years away, which, you know, is just a, a rock's throw, really. It's 2.4 times the size of the Earth. Wow with an average temperature on the surface of 72 degrees. Wow. I believe this opens the door for the Star Wars future to start occurring. We're going to find a few more of these planets, start inhabiting them pretty soon. We're going to be taking intergalactical trips to uh, old Kepler-22b. That's the name of the planet.
1: People are going to fall in love with their unknown sister.
2: Uh, Oh, I'm not going that far.
1: Giant fat space demon people.
2: Well, there's already an
1: emperor. David be...
2: Stern will just ascend.
1: There's gonna be. There's gonna be. <laughs>
2: He's just gonna ascend. But it's got a sun-like star, just yeah. like our uh, our home planet of Earth. Well, it's helpful. It orbits. It does all that business. 72 degrees. That sounds mm-hmm. pretty nice to me.
1: For those of you unfamiliar with the home planet of Earth, it is the show that. Uh hosts the west coast bias show
2: that's true it is the planet that hosts west coast bias that is that is very true Brennan.
1: which is important because the west coast bias show is the only show that and that's important
2: Brennan. this doesn't excite you you're not i'm excited you're not a little eager for for the human race to start exploring other galaxies start planet hopping
1: yeah
2: i mean we won't get to see it but no and our kids probably won't get to see it, but our kids' kids? Our but grandkids? Well, what about your kids' kids' kids? Our grandkids? After we ruin this planet?
1: Dude, but... Move over to Kepler-22b? The kind of sad thing about this is that it does kind of negate the possibility of a zombie revolution on Earth.
2: I think it only accelerates it.
1: Well, I don't know, because then you... It, it's really not the whole uh, doomsday scenario, because... Oh, Earth's inhabited with zombies, I'm gonna go to kepler 27
2: kepler 22b thank you
1: what a name by the way yeah i Let me don't get that tatted somewhere i don't
2: know uh, i don't know who named it but I'm uh, Kepler. i thought that was pretty B. cool apparently it's not that cool Ke- Ke- Kepler. whatever dude apparently it's not that cool you're just in a mode you're in you're in a bad oh, mood I'm in a great you got mood. a little tood with me now
1: i'm in
2: a good mood unbelievable we had a little falling out because i won pizza you did win pizza <laughs> That is correct. And it
1: was delicious.
2: Brennan, other news. We have our future Russell Wilson for next year. And it is Dane Crist, the senior quarterback at Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. Now remember. I do. Dane Crist coming out of high school. Highly touted. The number one quarterback. He was above Andrew Luck. Yep. And Jim Harbaugh previously stated that it really came down on his recruiting board to Andrew Luck or Dane Crist.
1: He was Luck because he's a genius.
2: Well, Crist ended up in N.D. Um, he actually had uh, he was he was the next guy after Jimmy Clausen. Yep. And then unfortunately, well, unfortunately for Dan Christ, uh, Charlie Weiss got fired mm-hmm. and was replaced by Brian Kelly, who promptly hated Dan Christ and everything he does because Dan Christ is not the right quarterback to run his system. But Dan Christ is graduating this winter from Notre Dame, therefore he will be allowed to play a se- another season at a different school. It's the Russell Wilson rule, and currently li- his list is USC. Stanford and San Diego State.
1: In order for you to be the next Russell Wilson, don't you have to be as almost good as Russell Wilson in the first place? It's
2: just the Russell Wilson rule. Okay. That's the only way I'm using it here.
1: Okay. You're not comparing him to No, I am not. You're not saying if USC gets him, he's gonna be a no, Russell Wilson as character. No, I am not. Okay.
2: Do I think he might be a little better than Cody Kessler? Maybe. Probably. Would I rather see Dan Chris starting a quarterback than Cody Kessler next year? Yes. Absolutely.
1: You're just you're, you're just saying that Matty Barks is just leaving like that, huh?
2: No, I'm I, I'm very open to him coming back. He says it's 50-50,
1: so no, oh.
2: could happen. Okay, he's torn. He's legitimately
1: torn. Well, I mean, you just pushed him aside, getting all excited for this guy who's not that good.
2: Uh, I'm calling it Plan B. Plan B, because I don't want to go to Plan C, which is Cody Kessler.
1: Oh, I thought you were gonna use like a different analogy there completely. No. Oh, okay.
2: No, not today. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna have a good show because of the intro. Well... I'm scared to say anything now. Why? Because I, I fear that you will clip it and put it in the intro like on what? subsequent shows.
1: Yeah, well, I'm ex- Thursday It gets another intro. I'm going to be on the boards, cooking up hot
2: beets. I'm sure you are.
1: I'm sure you are. So, uh, had some funny stuff happening over the night, uh, around the 1 a.m. era. What you talking about? The Magic CEO, oh, yeah, Vanderweed. He's actually stepping down as the CEO today.
2: Yeah, he resigned.
1: Oh, so uh, what What happened, you ask? Well, uh, at about 1 a.m., around that time, probably the time before that, old Bob Vander Wade had uh, a couple glasses of wine, he says.
2: One too many cocktails.
1: And he drunk down Dwight Howard. Ooh. pleading with him. Ooh. To stay with the magic. Hey, hey Dwight. <laughs> it's Bob. Vanderweed, the CEO of, of the Magic, I just want you to stay here. Please, please just stay.
2: Resign today, huh?
1: Resign today. Ooh. Yeah, sources tell Ken Berger of CBS Sports that team president Alex Martins will be replacing it. So, new movements possibly for the Magic, seeing as old Vanderweed can uh, hold himself back from just drunk dialing Dwight Howard.
2: Well, I'm going to be completely honest. If I had Dwight Howard's phone number...
1: Don't go, Dwight.
2: I probably would have drunk-dialed him by now. Day. I mean, just being honest. Now, if I was the CEO of the Magic...
1: No. but well, Van Gundy's just questioning Howard's leadership like all day today.
2: Of course he was. <laughs> of course he was.
1: <laughs> if you're Dwight Howard, you can't get out of there soon enough. No. You got your coach questioning your leadership and your owner crying... CEO, like not a, the owner. Like a CEO, like a scorned lover.
2: Come back. Is that confirmed? He was—he was like tearful.
1: He was upset,
2: very emotional,
1: noticeably upset on the call. Ooh boy, that is just so—it's uh, not good. he's air quotes there too. It's
2: just not good, Brennan. No, it's I mean not. That's one thing you don't do. Do I come back? In other sad news, Brennan, I stumbled across this this morning. Mm-hmm. Your boy Ice Cube. Your boy. No. Yes, your boy. No. Is getting his first starring role in a television series on the FX original series. Eye for an
1: eye, wow!
2: Would you like to hear the plot for Eye for an Eye?
1: Oh boy! Yeah, uh huh. It's, sure it's it's about worry. that good. Yeah.
2: He's gonna play a seasoned paramed- paramedic who, after dealing with blood and blood and blood, decides to go vigilante.
1: Oh boy! Yes, I am excited. Yes. to not watch that ever.
2: Ice Cube as a paramedic it, it going said vigilante.
1: This was his first vehicle, but if I remember correctly, he did have a tbs show that ran for a summer
2: yeah and it was terrible but he wasn't really a starring character in
1: that he's on it
2: yes but he was like the weird uncle who was like actually a swat team member i don't i never watched it oh really Mm-hmm. really it's not my fault our basketball correspondent scotty willis forced it on me at well, swilberry
1: he's got some interesting choices on television yeah it was horrendous it was really, really terrible i don't get it
2: but now Ice Cube gets his own his own series, Brennan.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Well, you know, one time I heard he messed around and got a triple double.
2: Ah, that's the rumor. That's the rumor. Do you think he reverts back to his NWA days and he starts like really coming with that attitude now? I mean, Yo, is, we're,
1: are we there yet?
2: I mean, he is a vigilante now. I don't know. We're talking he's he's hunting down, hunting down criminals.
1: I think Ice Cube, he, he tried to regain his kind of B.A. attitude when he did that Triple X movie. Oh, that was so but bad. But it's really hard to oh. be a, an action star when you're probably about 5'5 and 240. That was so bad.
2: <laughs> was, <I> mean...
1: <laughs> seeing, seeing Ice Cube do a combat role is the most hilarious thing I've ever seen in an action movie.
2: Well, and if you haven't noticed, Brendan, he's actually not the coldest out there.
1: That no. goes to Coors Light. Yeah. Yeah, he lost. What's colder than being cold? Coors Light. I thought it was ice cold. Yeah, probably. All, yeah. Right, all, right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. all right, ladies. Yeah. That's the
2: second time we broke into song on the <laughs> a preamble. Ground. Little outcast for you there. We didn't go as long as the uh the gold diggers that we did last time. That was good. Oh boy, <laughs> another West Coast bias. It's nine twenty here in <phalt> Dillon. Brennan, can we start the show?
1: I suppose, if you were paying attention this weekend and you were noticeably upset, probably Sunday night, about just anything football related, as anybody else was, uh, the uh, Heisman finalists were announced. Yes, they were. We got Andrew Luck, Robert Griffin III, Trent Richardson, <clears throat> Monty Ball, and Tyron Matthew.
2: And obviously, Tyron Matthew is the one that is surprising. Yeah. Although this does continue a recent trend to nominate defensive players for the Heisman, uh, we had Indomik Dominican Sue a couple years back getting nominated. Uh, none last year, though.
1: It's just kind of like a high five thing Like, hey, good job on doing on defense, but not really. I, th- I think that really doesn't apply so much for for Matthew. Uh the nicknamed. He's nicknamed the Honey Badger,
2: which is probably one of the cooler nicknames out there.
1: Honey Badger, okay.
2: Now the Honey Badger. Has forced five fumbles this year. He's got two picks, and he's got four TDs, and that includes those two long punt returns he's had in subsequent weeks. Against Arkansas Arkansas and Georgia. Now, the one against Georgia, Brennan, I know you've got a very, very firm opinion on this. Mm -hmm. And what is that?
1: Well, it shouldn't have counted. Because? Because he flipped the ball out of bounds to the ref.
2: Before he crossed over
1: the end zone, correct? Yeah. Yeah, shouldn't have counted. He actually also uh, led the team in tackles with seventy tackles this year.
2: And you know who he reminds me of? Who? Cortland Finnegan,
1: oh, the guy. cornerback
2: for the Tennessee Titans.
1: He's annoying.
2: He really reminds me of him because you watch him play, and you can tell any wide receiver that he's covering really doesn't like him, hates him. I mean, and they're he's always yapping. And I know he's a he's a guy who had a chip on his shoulder, and he wasn't very heavily recruited coming out of high school, and Les Miles snagged him at a. I think the LSU team camp or something, you know, and got him to sign up. And and this kind of feels to me like, hey, we need to have someone from the best team in the nation at the Heisman Trophy presentation.
1: A little bit. I mean, he's had a major effect on where they are now. And it's it's an LSU team that really doesn't have a guy at the helm, really. My problem is
2: Patrick from last year.
1: Peterson? Patterson? Patterson.
2: Patterson. Patrick Patterson Patterson was – Patterson, yeah, much better than Tyron Matthew. Yeah, okay. I don't think anyone can argue that uh, he was a better cover guy, which is which is surprising because he's a big dude. Yes, better yes. punt returner. I think he, I know he had more than two touchdowns, and I think he intercepted well more than two passes, and he didn't get nominated.
1: No, but he's been good when it's mattered. I guess for the for the national media. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we don't have enough SEC in this race so and we need to throw him in i would
2: love to make a big conspiracy theory out of this but these finalists are actually announced and based off the actual results yeah so you know whatever. yeah i mean
1: you got andrew luck he's the only returning finalist uh rubber gerson the third the first ba- baylor player ever to make the invitation
2: and i'm not shocked no I mean, come on
1: <laughs> and right now he's looking like the front runner
2: as a matter of fact man heismanpundit.com as Griffin winning with Luck second and Richardson third, and they've correctly picked the last four Heisman winners. Wow. Agreeing I... with HeismanPundit.com is Stiff Arm Trophy, <laughs> who's got Griffin winning with a wide margin. Wow. In front of Luck and Richardson.
1: And Trent Richardson, he's the second Alabama running back in three years. Uh, Mark Ingram, obviously, 1 in 09. Yeah. Uh, quite the. Uh... Quite the run of running backs they got going on
2: Yeah, you know, he averages 132 yards rushing a year. That's fifth in the nation and uh, 23 touchdowns, which is fifth in the nation. But still, not enough pub for my guy, Monte Ball. No,
1: I totally agree. And he's definitely not getting as much credit as he deserves. I mean, 38 touchdowns for Wisconsin. He needs one more to uh, tie Barry Sanders' NCAA record.
2: Brenton, he's got 12 more touchdowns than anyone else in the nation. Yeah. That's not a quarterback, of course.
1: Naturally. That's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. That's and, pretty wide margin. And right now he's probably think? he's probably sitting at the four spot.
2: And he only had you know 100 yards in the first quarter against Michigan State. He's putting up you know 135.3 per game. But Brennan, to me, it's Robert Griffin the third, hands down. He needed a big game against Texas. He went ahead and went out and had a big game against Texas. I think he's got it all wrapped up.
1: Yeah, I mean, whenever people wanted him or asked, him, like, we really need g three to come come with it this weekend, and he he brought it every single time. Like, oh, well, RG3 could be on the Heisman this this weekend, could win it. He needs to have a big game against a tough Texas defense, though. And then he did it, answering all the questions all season long. You know,
2: he's a really likable guy, too. Yeah. Very soft-spoken. I've seen three or four pieces on him now, and I've heard him do national radio interviews. He's always very well-prepared. I mean, he does a great job. Uh, I know he's told the story about how he proposed to his girlfriend a hundred times over, and yep. he wears these goofy socks. He's a likable character. He's going to be a top twenty pick, top ten pick in the NFL draft this year, along with Matt Barkley and Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm.
1: And um, it's it's he's a great. He's he's got like three degrees or something like that. He already got yeah. his degree.
2: And Brennan, this is a guy when he first started at Baylor, and this is two years ago. He was more of a dual threat quarterback. He did a lot more running than he did throwing. And he has really shown that he is a great passer this year. He's number one in the nation in passer rating. Hundred and ninety-two point yeah. three. He's got two yards less of four thousand on the season, thirty-six touchdowns. Oh, and by the way, he's rushed for six hundred and forty-four yards and 19 TDs.
1: I mean, the guy is just a he's gonna be really good for some NFL team out there, I think. If they can fit him into the right system, obviously. But uh, I, I love the story. I love yeah. the guy. Yeah. I would be it would be a great kind of uh, High five to everybody that isn't, you know, he's not going to be an SEC guy winning the Heisman this year because it is such an SEC dominated uh, postseason, it seems like. It's just ridiculous. But it- it's kind of weird how the season kind of formed, I guess, because it started out with Andrew Luck being the consummate, definite lock in some Yeah, men. I thought we
2: already- didn't we already give him the trophy?
1: I mean, I, th- I thought we gave him the trophy. It's been at his house, probably. Yeah, I thought we gave him the past trophy. That's 13 already- games. Just sitting there. He probably woke up every morning. Oh, hey, Hasman, what's up?
2: I mean, I thought we gave it to him well before that. No 300-yard games at five INTs in November. <laughs> I thought he
1: already had the trophy before November. He, he looked like he was supposed to get it. I just, you know,
2: I'm surprised. And, Brennan, I love RG3. I really hope he wins it. I hope Monte Ball gives him a stern push. But there's only one guy in the nation that I love a little more than RG3. Who's that? You know who that is. Nope. It's my guy, Case Keenum, and I have to uh, i have to fall on the sword right now, and I have to say I was wrong. Now, I don't think it's Case's fault. In fact, I'm going to put this one on me. I put too much pressure on him. I've been riding high on Case Keenum all year, talking about how great he is, how good of a decision maker he is, and I feel somewhat responsible for the 49-28 loss to Southern Miss, the boat race, the drubbing that occurred in the Conference USA Championship. I do. I feel somewhat responsible. I wish I didn't.
1: Yeah, that, that game was so ugly. It, just was, it was hard for me to watch because I do, even though I give you some hard times about Keenum and your coogies, but Some
2: hard times, huh? I
1: mean, every, a little bit. I, You know, throw totally a little flack every once in a while. But I do have a soft spot for the coogies because they're, you know, the small schools, they, they seem like uh, it's commuter same, school. It's the same thing I felt about Boise State when they were kind of coming up. Like, oh, yeah, come, yeah. On. When come still, on. When
2: they were still getting noisy in Boise. Yeah.
1: yeah. And uh, then that happens. It's heartbreaking.
2: Well, and you know, Case went 41-67, 373 yards. He had a 61% completion percentage, two touchdowns, two INTs, 112 quarterback rating. But unfortunately, Brennan, this was the first game of the year where Case missed a lot of throws that he normally hits. And uh, I feel responsible. Yeah, all, all I, really idea, huh? I really do. I really do. I feel I like, idea. you know, if I wasn't here sitting behind this mic, pumping up Case Keenum like I had been for the last, you know, I don't know, <laughs> three months, eight weeks, nine <laughs> weeks, that this one happened. And I, I do. I feel responsible. It's been a tough day. It's been a tough week. Uh, I was having a great Saturday until I got home, and uh, before I even got to sit down and start viewing the Houston game, you promptly told me that Houston's getting blown out. Yeah. I think that's a quote. Houston's getting blown out.
1: Well, I was, and that ruined
2: my Saturday. I was doing work. Ruined my Saturday. All I wanted then was an ice cold beer, and it was like twelve.
1: Yep. <sighs> yeah, no.
2: It Carried over to Sunday. I haven't been productive for two or three days now. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really. <laughs> really. Really, dude. <laughs>
1: Got a lot of stuff. You just, my- you just don't. I wish. I wish everyone here could like see you right now.
2: I know. I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I mean, I haven't been this invested in a team that actually had a chance to play for a national title or a BCS bowl for quite a while. Yeah. As you know, my Trojans, my boys at Troy, are not allowed to compete in any bowl games this year. Nope. That all changes next year, though, folks.
1: Um, you're excited about that, I'm sure. Well,
2: uh, I, I just want to come out on December 6th of uh, 2011 and say the USC Trojans will win the national championship next year. If Matt Barkley comes back.
1: Are you serious? Ooh,
2: had to throw that yeah, if I on the back say. end there. Had to give you the old P and Q. Wow. Little
1: math. I can't believe you just little, said that. little math drop there. That's crazy. The P and Q.
2: Yeah, if P, then Q. So if Matt Barkley comes back, then the USC Trojans will win the 2012 national championship. I guess it'd be 2012, 2013, huh? Yeah, that's weird. Bold prediction. Bold, Bold prediction. You just throw that down right there. Once again, folks, you're listening to the West Coast Bio Sports show on KDWG Dylan 90.9. That's two, two call signs in one show. Don't ever never never, do it now. We have never done that. We're the only show that started with a biscuit, and now we got a loaf.
1: No. Yeah, uh, so now on the hotline, I actually see it lighting up right now. We have. The one and only, Connor Dwyer. Welcome to the WCB Show sauna with Brennan and Jordan and our special guest. Connor, what's up, buddy? Connor.
0: What's uh, yes. on, guys?
1: Hey, hey Spoony. How we doing? Not too bad. Jordan's a little down, actually. It's been a rough day. Yeah. Rough day. What's
2: going on, Jordan? Bad practice? Well, listen. Listen, buddy. Okay, we had the case Keenum blow up on Saturday. I find out Jose Reyes signed with the Miami Marlins. The Miami Marlins on Monday. Yeah. It's just been a rough week Take, for me. Taking the talents
0: to South Beach,
2: man. Yeah, I'm about sick of people taking their talents to South Beach, Connor.
0: Yeah?
2: And it doesn't sound like yeah, it's gonna I know, end.
0: it's getting a little old. I mean the first one sucked. The second one sucks. Then Jose going down there. I know. I don't, I don't really like it. I think it's actually just a bad deal all around. But, uh, yeah. I mean, the Mets lose Jose. But, I mean, then again, Jose has been a bum. I mean, if you, if you really look into it, uh, then you just look at his salary year this year, see that he hit 324, one title, but then, then it decided actually he on a bun and then pulled himself.
2: Yep, yep. I knew you were going to touch on that. Hey, Connor. Um,
0: hey, and... For Jose Reyes, he's a, he's an aging guy. His game's based on speed. He's a base, dealer. <laughs> but check what he's done lately. Check check the last three years on a stolen basis. It's less it's less than forty, and he's been hurt for many much of the season. So,
2: well, he's got the yeah. hammy problems. He's got mm. the hammy problems, and I actually have been hearing some writers saying that those hammy problems could be based on the New York cold weather. Oh, and that a that a Miami warm weather environment might be really really good for his career just just reinvigorating yeah him.
0: i don't know I, I bet he's gonna be a little dehydrated from staying out boozing all night being in that humid <laughs> weather I'm just, yeah and i'm I, not saying i'm just saying
2: i don't think he really cares because he's got that six-year 106 million dollar deal and uh that's Oof. that
0: oh my god yeah so is, Connor. really overpaid for that six <laughs> years and 106 was unbelievable
2: that, it, it, that is big money. It's big money. Uh, I originally thought Reyes was going to top out about five years, $90 million, and, yeah.
0: uh And, I mean, even at five years, $90 million, that's that's even on the high end. I mean, sure. I didn't think that he, he was worth a six-year deal, let alone even the $106 mil that Miami doesn't have much of a chance in generating a revenue right now. I mean, they're going to build this new stadium, but in order for them to really... Um, be able to afford their players for the first time in Marlins history. Then they'd have to have over 2.8 million fans this whole year. They've never even had two million, and they won two World Series. Yeah, I mean I, they they really expect to compete with the Heat for fan base down there. Where's this?
1: Marlins fan base coming from? I, I, I don't know, Connor. It's it's really odd. You have the Miami Marlins, newly crowned Miami Marlins. They got the, they got the new stadium that was given to them. Yeah. They got uh, this money that they got from revenue sharing, and they're like, "Oh, let's just spend all of this cash." They're like a teenager when they get their first paycheck. A
0: drunk teenager. A drunk teenager. Who sees, who sees two like cougars walking out of a bar? And is trying to take advantage of them by flipping them a couple hundred dollar bills that their grandparents gave them. <laughs> really. Did you I mean, just. Did you, that's, that's the analogy okay. of the Marlins. Did you just? Going after Pooh and Rays. Pooh for 10 years is unreal. I mean, he's, he's one of the greatest hitters in baseball, but to offer him that kind of money over 10 years at the last. Four years. I mean, how can you really even expect him to produce over three hundred and and thirty even? Who knows what he does? Who knows even if he tears an ATL?
2: And Connor's of course alluding to the fact that the Marlins have recently upped their offer to Pujols to include ten years. And I've heard the average salary is somewhere in the neighborhood of $22 million. twenty two million dollars. Twenty twenty two to
0: twenty five, I've heard. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It, it, it's pretty outrageous.
2: We're talking about a quarter billion of a dollar, quarter billion of a dollars, quarter billion to
0: dollars. Ten years on an aging all star. Who he's? I would take him over Reyes, though. I mean, he plays hurt. At least Pujols is playing hurt. But he's not worth the money.
1: How and, old is Albert Pujols uh, going to be at the at end 40, of that? We don't know.
2: Forty years old. Yeah, but we don't no know. He should be making maybe million. We don't know. Uh, there's actually been a lot of questions about Pujols' his actual age. Yeah, uh, he's 30 right now, <laughs> yeah, am I correct? That's, that's kind of what I meant. But. He's 30 right now. Is that what I mean? That's his listed age, 30.
0: Uh, it's around there.
2: Yeah, and I've heard rumors that he's at, actually could be 32 to 33 years old, which would mean that you're going to be paying 25 million dollars to a 30 Possible. or 43 year old first baseman. I'd uh,
0: love well, I mean, to be somebody's
2: grandpa. Oh yeah, and I mean Connor.
0: What hey, Grandpa we're... Albert, get your ass off for of first base and go play DH. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now, 42 years old.
2: Connor, and we're also forgetting that the Marlins made a splash in the closer market by signing Heath Bell, the former Padre and Met, to a three-year $27 million contract.
0: Yeah, already the Marlins are at $65 million. I mean, higher than they expected to be last year for their payroll.
2: And I understand the Heath Bell love. He's the only guy in the last three years that's had 40 saves. And he's done it on a Padres team last year that, that lost 91 games.
0: Yeah, they were pretty stinky. I don't know if you remember <laughs> hearing anything about the Padres last year. They were pretty stinky. Uh, I agree pretty with you. Sure They said they played in Afghanistan or something. They were gone.
2: <laughs> yeah, they, they were pretty stinky. But $9 million a year for a closer. Oh, man.
0: yeah. I think there's lot. only four closers. You heard in the- what I believe about paying closers big money. Yeah. I don't believe in it just because I think that you can find somebody out there to throw that one inning who's you can pick up out of a farm system somewhere. One inning, just three outs. You're telling me you can't find one guy to get three outs every single time and pay a minimum wage or minimum, well, I mean, consider that minimum wage is still $550,000. But minimum wage like a million and a half even for a decent
2: vet. Come on. No, I hear. I, hey, preaching to the choir, Connor. Absolutely preaching to the <laughs> choir. You're you're talking to the guy whose team signed Francisco Rodriguez to an astronomically big contract.
0: <laughs> no, I, yeah, the Mets. The Mets have gone done some pretty historically stinky deals.
2: Well, and Jordan, we're going to get the Pedro deal. Hey, hey, we're going to get to the Mets, Connor. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> we're going to get there. Okay, okay. But All did right. you, I know you saw the report today that after? The dot or the Marlins owner came out and said that Hanley Ramirez is very open to moving to third base. Well, not,
0: uh, th- not, not quite. Doesn't seem to be a deal. Yeah, uh. Not so much. Sounds like Turns he's out. not very happy about Hanley, this. Put his foot down. I'm really looking forward to moving over to third, and he's actually said he didn't want to. So, I would leave him kind of pretty much one other spot other than short.
2: Well, and the only other spot that seems... Like a likely candidate, could be center fielder, and the Marlins do need a center f- center fielder, and that would allow you to play Bonifacio and Infante at third and second. And it's still
0: Hanley's fast enough, anyways, to play center field. He could, he is a freak athlete. To put him at third, I think really wouldn't be totally utilizing him. Do you remember the play last year where he barehanded the wall, ball, but one hop the wall in left field? Yeah, oh, the shortstop.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know And I mean the knock's always been on Hanley That the guy doesn't try hard every play He takes yeah. plays off, he's got a little Starling Castro Type of thing going on there
0: Yeah, but I mean now he's got a little Ozzie Guillen like thing going on in Miami I think that will kind of help He nip that in the butt
2: Well just imagine the lineup, the Marlins are going to trot out here if they And they're the Marlins are pushing holes To either accept the offer or decline it by tonight
0: Yeah, the Marlins um, Met with Pujols over three times in the last two days.
2: Now, we could be looking at a lineup, Connor, of Reyes in the leadoff spot, Bonifacio or Infante batting second, Ramirez third, Pujols fourth, and Mike Stanton batting fifth.
0: And what if Manny comes back?
2: Oh, you're thinking the Marley's going to splash down on...
0: Oh, come on now. Tell me Manny can't play left for the Marlins? Well, hey,
2: I'm glad you broached this subject because I think me and you were arguing about this earlier. I think Manny's done. Stick a fork in him. He's lost the bat speed. But you seem to think Manny can come back and still be a good hitter for a team winning ballgames.
0: He's still trying to come back, and I I still think he can hit for average. I don't know if his power's quite there. He's probably not going to put up the consistent power numbers, but... I'm a Manny guy. I love I love Manny's swing. I think he'd still be able to hit the ball. I mean, I think he comes back after working out this this off season, and then uh, Major League Baseball said that they would take his hundred game suspension from last year um, and cut it in half, making it a fifty game suspension. Um, thus, I mean, making it more plausible that a team could look into him. I mean, it, even if, but. I mean, Miami could just test the waters here, bring on Manny, 50 games later, check him out, and he's raking. How, how nasty is that lineup in in July?
2: It's super na Connor, I think it's super nasty if they sign Pujols and don't do anything else, because they still have <laughs> Gabby Sanchez, who they can move. Yeah,
0: I, I know. I know it'd be super nasty if they just sign Pujols, but imagine that, too. It's well, like... Freakish.
2: Well, and I mean, they but still got thinking, Logan like Morrison. Years, you're
0: going to see all these uh, Marlins go bankrupt again. Well, yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's a cycle. Every seven years, the Marlins just go crazy in free agency, and they end yeah. up winning, winning a chip ben, in a couple ben, years. Ben. Yeah. And, Connor, how tough does this make the NL East?
0: Uh, it, it takes a huge town pool back into the NL East that was across the NL and I mean what do you got to watch look forward to really in the NL Central is pool sleeves and Prince sleeves I mean there's talks of Prince Fielder looking in the Rangers so I mean what if what are you going to watch in the NL Central next year there's no Albert pools
2: no Prince Fielder I mean, nothing you're going to watch nothing you're going to watch <laughs> the Pirates be resurgent and maybe have a winning season for the first time in, I don't know, 18 years.
0: Jordan, I hope so.
2: I know, me too. We're all uh, praying, so. Connor. Bet, we really are. But, I mean, you got the Phillies, who are still going to be trotting out that superstar rotation. Maybe minus Roy, Roy Oswalt. But, he, you know, let's be he honest.
0: Was, he was the bottom part of that rotation there. Yeah, he was the number four um, starter. Stanton, or Blanton, sorry.
2: Blanton and Vance Worley.
0: Well, Blanton's been throwing great. I mean, Blanton's been oh. out throwing Oswald. Officer in Joe. Opinion. So I mean, really, to lose Oswald it's like, oh, oh well. I mean, it was an old aging star from Houston. I mean, so what? Uh, you're over it now. You still got Hamels, Holiday, Cliff Lee,
2: Vance Worley, Officer Joe Blanton. I mean
0: that that.
2: That one guy, Papel Boner, closing it out. Yep, yep, you still got Papplebon. I hope you, you
0: should get used to me referring to him as
2: Pappleboner from now on. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I I try to keep it semi clean on our family talk show we do
1: here. Keep it PC.
2: We, we try. I, I think uh, people I, know I that during the Connor. Well, I think people know during the Connor Dwyer baseball segment. Send, at, send, at send the c- kids out of the room. Yeah, at CD 406, you put the kids to bed.
1: Put the kids yeah, to bed. Yeah,
0: MD
2: crew. <laughs> <laughs> now, Connor, you were telling me that uh, Bill Buckner's heading back to uh, Beantown.
0: Yeah, there's talk that um, a man wants him back, back in the clubhouse. You know, I, I could see him being either a possible fielding coach, hitting coach. Buckner was an all-star. He was a gold glove. I mean, people forget about all that in the midst of his one play in the 1986 World Series where the man with terrible knees, they put trotted him out there as like a victory lap. And the poor guy gets shamed, shamed out of town. And I don't know. Front office isn't too thrilled about it just because I don't think they want any more um, hype brought to the Red Sox right now than they need after their gigantic collapse. But, um... I don't know, I think that'd be great for Boston to have Bill Buckner back in town. I mean, poor guy couldn't walk down the street yeah. five, ten years ago, you know?
2: This sounds a lot to me like a Bobby Valentine, make good move. And Bobby's, Bobby's uh, he's very, very special at doing this sort of thing.
0: Bobby's smart, he knows his thing. He's He's, he's been known as a, a baseball guru of his type, but I mean, he's he's no... He's now. no
2: Connor for us. he's not the baseball guru that, that stops by the West Coast by a sports show on KDWG Dillon ninety point nine. Now, Connor, real just quick, it now. I am. I'm going to get four or five in today. I think that's ridiculous. I'm, I'm going to. Connor, you uh, you were mentioning the Mets earlier, and I said, Connor, I don't want to talk about the Mets. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't want to get my hopes up. I don't want any hopes going into this season. I just want to be a. A fan who listens to every game and says, you know what, I, I get what I get. I know the Mets aren't going to be in the playoff hunt. That's okay. I just hope they beat the Phillies more than they lose.
1: Gosh, golly, darn it, we tried. Gosh, darn it. I mean, yeah, there's always that
0: good feel-good moment <laughs> at the end of the season when you beat the the best-ranked team, you know?
2: Yeah, because they're, uh, you know, resting everyone. Um. Right. <laughs> anyways, today they did make a splash. They traded Angel Pagan their starting center fielder who can't hit for average and is scared to hit in the leadoff spot, to San Francisco for Andres Torres and Ramon Ramirez.
0: Yeah, Andres Torres ain't bad. I mean. yeah, he hit
2: right above the Mendoza line at 220. Correct. all,
0: right. And, all uh, right. Hey,
2: that's tough over there in the <laughs> NL West
0: <What? laughs> this year. Yeah. yeah well, that tough division,
2: right? Now, Ramon Ramirez is 3-3 three and three with a 2.62 ERA. He's going to be a solid bullpen guy. But, yeah. Connor, <laughs> what scares me is the Mets – Right before I came on the show tonight, signed Frank Francisco to a two-year, twelve million-dollar deal to be the closer.
0: <laughs> I did not see that.
2: Yeah, and Connor, here's my here's my major quip. Yep, yep.
0: <laughs> uh, I see that during, you know It's gonna be a long year. Matt's, uh Mets. This little bankruptcy deal the Mets are gonna be going through the ma- Madoff that they got themselves into.
2: You mean when they were the only people to profit off the Bernie Madoff scheme? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, that one? That, that one? Yeah, it's not people, looking good. <laughs> people lost
2: billions of dollars and the Mets actually turned to um, profit? I
0: don't know. I, I don't think they're really going to be out there spending a lot of big money. And then they, I didn't think they'd be going out and blowing 12 mil on a closer when they don't need a closer, they need a new shortstop.
2: Well, they're they're gonna play Ruben Tejada at short, and they're gonna play Daniel Murphy at second, and I'm okay with that. But Connor,
0: Ruben Tejada, any uh any relation?
2: No, <laughs> no, no relation. Uh,
0: we'll look into it.
2: No, no relation. Google search. <laughs> he can't hit. He can't hit a lick. There's no relation. Uh, yeah, There's no, no relation. relation. He's good with the glove though. Fast with the leather. But Connor, we were talking about you know nine million dollars is a heck of a lot of money for a guy like Heath Bell who's had forty saves the last three years.
0: Yeah, and then the Mets go and throw six mil at a
2: guy who had 17 so. saves last year and four blown saves because he was hurt. And career Connor, this is a guy with a 3.72 ERA who's blown a third of his saves.
0: That's unbelievable. 49 I and 21. You say, Jordan, you'll uh, be a great AAA prospect.
2: <laughs> He's 32. <laughs> yeah. There's no positive bright side to this. I
0: don't know. See, maybe you could trade him for prospects.
2: No, I don't even think we can do that. He's six foot two, two fifty. He's got that CC Sabathia thing going on. And last time I saw him, I thought homeboy had been eating way too many cookies.
0: Well, I don't know what to say, man. I, I think it's time to stop stop watching the Mets.
2: I can't. I, I can't mean, do it.
0: Maybe just turn it on when Johan pitches.
2: Well, and I am excited to see Johan come back, and you know that'll be fun for a couple starts until he blows his shoulder out again. Ugh. And then we just eat that forty five million dollars we owe him.
0: It, it
2: change up a great changeup. It's the only pitch he's got left because he's never going to touch ninety four on the gun ever <laughs> again.
0: <laughs> he's got that great change-up.
2: Great change-up. <laughs> now, Connor, getting away from the baseball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You are a Denver Broncos fan, and like our MVT, our most valuable Twitterer, your brother Sean Dwyer. What is Sean's new Twitter handle, Brennan? The Meister.
1: The Meister twenty nine.
2: Yeah, the Meister twenty nine. Our name. MVT. You are a huge opponent of the Tim Tebow movement, the crusade, even that has been taking taking hold in the NFL. Yeah,
0: I hate Tebow. Yeah. I hate the whole idea of putting a, a college running quarterback in a, in a NFL league. I don't know. Now, what, It's just terrible.
2: What do you say when I say Tim Tebow's six and one and has your team atop the AFC West division?
0: I'm telling you, he's playing a bunch of stinky teams. I mean, he, they, they're they only asking him to complete 15 passes against the 2-9 and nine Vikings, and people are praising this week. Oh, look what Tim Tebow did. It's more like, oh, look, the Vikings secondary. They have four guys on the injured reserve, and they're literally starting guys. From the kickoff team to guard these guys, did, were you watching the game? I, I did. I, mean,
1: I did. Well, Broncos, there was
0: there were various times where it looked like the Broncos' receivers had a good ten yards of separation. There, there they were off of no moves.
1: There, there were times, like, Connor. Go there's... run,
0: sit down, and nobody would be around.
1: There, number number twenty six, I believe, for the uh, Vikings' defense got burned over the top by at least ten yards. It was it was a la hitch and go route. From a throwback freshman year in high school. I'm sorry, that. But,
0: uh, I, I didn't, if you – who can't complete that pass in the NFL? Which backup quarterback can't complete that pass? Brady Quinn would have completed that pass. Start being Brady Quinn instead of Tim Tebow. I don't want to watch Tim Tebow throw it into the dirt the other nine times out of 20, you
2: know? Now, Connor, what's your argument? with the fact that Tim Tebow has one turnover all year in his seven starts with an 88 quarterback rating. He's thrown a brisk thousand yards to his 10 touchdowns in one pick, rushed for nearly 500 yards on 5.7 yards a carry, and had three rushing touchdowns. I mean, those seem like statistics that are okay. In think, term- you know what, it,
0: Until you look and see who they play, they're playing the 3-9 Dolphins, Jordan. They're playing the Chiefs. Find me... Um, what were their statistics against the Lions, the team that has a winning record that has a possibility of making it in the playoffs, other than Denver and Oakland in the stinky AFC West? I mean, who else? They haven't they haven't played a decent opponent that even has. Five wins. I don't believe they're out of division yet. They're, they'll play the Bears this weekend, who have a possibility of making the playoffs and have a decent defense. To where you'll see another game like the Lions, when they did nothing the whole first half, even against the Vikings. Tebow, uh, I think he had three complete passes.
1: Oh, Jordan, I hate to I hate to correct you here, but Tim Tebow actually has four turnovers this year. No. Three fumbles.
2: Nah, he didn't lose any of
1: them. Three fumbles.
2: He didn't lose any of them. That's not a turnover.
1: He t- he probably lost one.
2: No, Brennan. It says right next sure? to the three fumbles. It says oh, lost, this side lost. Damn it. Zero. So, Damn it. I thought yep. I scooped you there. You did not scoop me. Try to scoop it. Connor, previously when we talked about Tebow, you mentioned the fact that not only are you upset about Tim Tebow, but you're upset about the fact that if he keeps winning, this is the direction your team's going to take for the next three or four years.
0: Just ruins us. It ruins our draft picks. It, we're not gonna have a chance at taking a decent court, future quarterback. They could be a franchise quarterback, like a Luck, like a Robert Griffin III. I mean,
2: like a Matt Barkley. A Barkley.
0: I'll take a Barkley,
2: over yeah, though yes, yes,
0: you will, even though it's pretty much the same guy, except for is more accurate. He doesn't, he doesn't incomplete five. Passes against the air.
2: No, nay, 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 okay, nay. I liked where you were going with that though. Nay on your Matt Barkley Tim Tebow comparison. I think that's ludicrous. And blasphemy even. uh, I'd rather have
0: Mark Sanchez than Tim Tebow.
2: Now, is it because you're you're resigned to the fact that you're gonna have to watch three more years of Tim Tebow in an offense that's gonna be tailor made for him and you're gonna waste all your draft picks?
0: All our draft picks, you're not gonna get any free agent, wide receivers. Because Tebow is not throwing the ball as much down the field. He's throwing it 15 times a game. I mean, if I'm a top-tier receiver, I don't want to go play for a Tim Tebow, who's throwing 15 passes. I'm going to go to a Tom Brady or a Drew Brees, who's putting it in the air 45 times a game. no,
1: no Connor, Something uh, something
0: 340 to 400 yards in the air.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, something that uh, could happen, I'm not saying will happen, but rumblings, whispers, quiet doors being closed in Denver. There's been rumors saying uh, trade Tebow, which possibly could make some sense, because with any investment, you want to wait till it's at its peak when you sell, and what's higher than Tim Tebow at 6-1? and one?
0: Yeah, I don't know, I- That'd
1: be great. You'd be, you'd be getting if the most happens, out of that investment. Now, when
0: that happens, I will be, will be having a good
1: time. Plenty, plenty of quarterback injuries out there. It's been a rough year for some quarterbacks. Great for a lot of others, but
2: the trade deadline has passed, of course. Yeah. but of if Tebow can ride this out, maybe he finishes eight and two as a starter, nine and two as a starter, whatever. Not going to happen. Not okay, gonna happen. not, not going to happen, I understand. But maybe a team like Jacksonville, if they can't get the rights to move, maybe the new owner says, hey, deal away a couple first-round picks here, get me Tim Tebow, and let's sell some tickets. I hope
0: Jacksonville so Yeah, that'd be so awesome.
2: Maybe you could get Blaine Gabbert in a first-round pick. Would you be happy then?
0: <laughs> I'd be, yes,
1: I would be happy. Wow,
2: okay, we heard it here first. Brennan, this is the first time I've heard someone besides you say they are excited about the prospect of adding Blaine Gabbert to the hey, NFL. Hey, there's there's
1: again. been a lot of rookie quarterbacks that had uh, a lot of great quarterbacks that had terrible rookie years, and then their second year they just flourished.
2: You're right, but those players typically had good college careers and weren't just combine quarterbacks
1: he was like good Blaine Gabbert. Oh, come on! He was now. good in college. Come on! He was good in college. Just because he was, you know, you're right. You
2: had heard of Blaine Gabbert before his senior year. I
1: had. Okay, yeah, you're right. All yeah. the
2: place. Good for you. Hey, I'm
0: taking Blaine Gavard over. I'm taking Tim Tebow.
2: I understand. I'm with you there. Now, Connor, do you have anything else you'd like to add to the West Coast by a sports show here on a haircut Tuesday?
0: A haircut Tuesday. It's a haircut
2: Tuesday. Yeah,
0: it's, I mean looking good, guys.
2: Oh, I got it nice and trimmed today. I'm I'm looking clean.
0: Nice. Yeah, good for you.
2: And last time I uh, saw not you, not you were looking not clean. Really.
0: I mean, I'm just it's disappointing to watch. Denver do this I mean totally disform their offense and what happens when Tebow gets hurt then you have to throw another quarterback in the system and it's not a Tim Tebow like quarterback because oh well they can't win like Tim Tebow and you know Tim Tebow's is just a winner I
1: don't know I don't know <laughs> I feel for you alright Connor well th- thanks for stopping by hey, I hope you uh, your mood improves over the night here
2: <laughs> we love you Connor uh, this has
1: been Connor Dwyer our uh, baseball correspondent giving us a little football knowledge he, he was he was noticeably depressed about that subject
2: the Dwyer boys do not like Tim Tebow and no. that is the only way I can put that
1: that lightly
2: now you can get at Connor at CD 406. Uh he's typically good for anything baseball related. He is a, a great baseball mind, as we previously said. Uh on Thursday, Brennan, I'm gonna tease it up here a little bit. Not only will we be having our basketball correspondent at Swillbury, Scotty Willis, on the show, but we also will have my little brother, the thirteen year old magician. Oh yeah. Tato Featherman on the show.
1: He's been on a streak lately. He picked that ridiculous. Cardinals upset.
2: He picked the Cardinals upset, he picked the Panthers over the Bucks this week. I dare say that he is uh, he's having a better week, or he had a better last week than me, period. Oh, yeah. So we'll have Tato's Fave Five in addition to our basketball correspondent, Scotty Willis.
1: So uh, a jam-packed Thursday show. Tato's Fave, Fave five. five. That's ridiculous. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, so uh, just from – I mean, we're going to really see the, uh, the, the dichotomy of our correspondence on Thursday.
2: Yeah, and if Scotty can't move ahead of my 13-year-old brother after – you know, I mean, they're back-to-back. Oh, yeah. The listeners will be able to decide. Right They'll be there. able to tell us.
1: We need to switch back to, to Wednesday's show and check it out compared to Fridays. It'll, it'll be right there for you on a platter. Back-to-back. You'll be able face to, to say, face.
2: you know, West Coast bias, Jordan Brennan, Taylor, Tato Featherman, the 13-year-old, is just trumping Scotty Willis. Just
1: it, clowning him.
2: And, you know, maybe we have to sit down with Scotty and have a, a, a stern discussion about his job future.
1: A long, hard talk. Yeah,
2: maybe. Maybe. And speaking of Scotty Willis, he's actually the guy who just called me during the show. He's an idiot. Yeah, that's a big no-no.
1: He's a fr- he's a Well, he's been a bit of a frittata lately. Yeah, back to that. Back to
2: that you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. Good for you. You're that's, a jerk. Scotty. Well, Brennan, they also announced the Bulls on Saturday. Yeah. Sunday, and a couple surprises there.
1: Quite a few. Uh, just to run down the list of Bulls. The Rose Bowl on January 2nd is Wisconsin versus Oregon as Everyone kind of thought what would happen there. Uh, the Tostillos Fiesta Bowl, uh, January 2nd as well. Stanford versus Oklahoma State. Uh, the All-State Sugar Bowl, January 3rd. Michigan versus Virginia Tech. Discover Orange Bowl, January 4th. West Virginia versus Clemson. Whoop-de-doo. And the BCS National Championship, LSU versus Alabama.
2: Yep. And, uh, Brendan, you know there's some games here I'm very interested in. I will obviously be watching the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. I'll also be watching the Fiesta Bowl because I think Stanford-Oklahoma State is quite intriguing. I will be watching Michigan-Virginia Tech because I'm hoping, hoping, hoping and hoping that Michigan just kills Virginia Tech so we can start really getting angry with our Boise State stuff. And uh, I'm not watching the National Championship.
1: As we, as we said, we said if, the, if there was a rematch in the BCS National Championship, we would not be watching it. And I am absolutely positively sticking to that 100%.
2: Brendan, I can't do it based simply on the fact that I do not believe in a nation that plays for conference championships that we should have a team that didn't even win their division in their conference playing for the national championship. And And I I don't care. Finish third. I don't care about the fact that Alabama is probably the second best team in the nation. I don't care. I want fairness. And I understand... LSU, they did beat Oregon, the Pac 12 champion. They went to West Virginia and beat West Virginia, the Big East champion. Co champion, whatever. They got the BCS bull bid out of the the Big Big East. East. I understand. But I would much rather watch the SEC champion play the Big Twelve champion. That's just how I operate. I would rather watch the SEC champion play the Big Ten champion. I just feel like if you're not gonna reward the teams that win the conference championships, why even play the game?
1: It's ridiculous. I was I was extremely upset when I saw this came out, Uh, especially because Oklahoma State had such an amazing showing.
2: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They
1: they beat the pants off of Oklahoma. They
2: really did. I did not see that coming. I'm sorry.
1: It was ridiculous. It was a total outclassing. And Oklahoma, who was the preseason number one, nonetheless. So it's not like Oklahoma is just like uh, an off year for Oklahoma. They're they were a pretty good team this year.
2: And I mean, they beat the pants off of me. it. Wasn't, it wasn't a game.
1: No, they outclassed them completely. And Oklahoma State's offense is probably one of the most prolific in the nation as a whole. I mean, they have a great quarterback. They got running. They can throw the ball. They have an amazing wide receiver, and their defense is pretty good too. And it just doesn't make an, it doesn't make a lick of sense to me that Alabama, who's had their shot, couldn't even score a touchdown against LSU, should get another shot at LSU and possibly winning a national championship.
2: And I I hate to bring this into it, but Oklahoma state's one loss on the whole season was against Iowa state in Iowa state double OT a mere two days after a plane wreck claimed the lives of what? Three or four people. Yeah. Three or four members of the women's basketball team, including the head coach and his lead assistant. And this is coming 10 years after they had a plane wreck. That killed quite a few members of the men's basketball team. The majority. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to make that an excuse for the loss, but obviously that's going to take some kind of emotional toll. It's
1: weighing heavy on the minds of the kids and and the game. It's not like it. Iowa State came out there and just ran them out the field, but it was a double OT game. It you know it was. It was just a tough game and a tough night, but it just does. It's that shouldn't be the one thing that really weighs this Oklahoma State team down because they did come out the next few weeks and win the games after that. So. Handedly. Handedly. And it's just its just such an East, obvious East Coast bias and an SEC bias to be specific. Uh, because if you don't play in the SEC, apparently you're not playing real football. You're just out there for fun.
2: Now, Brennan, this reminds me of 2003 when we had Oklahoma as the number one team in the nation. And people were saying the best team to ever play college football. And they went and got the pants whipped by got their pants knocked off by Kansas State in the Big 12 Championship.
1: Darren Sproles.
2: 35-7, I think, was the final score there. And they backed their way into the national championship against who else but LSU. That game meant nothing. And what happened? The fallout of that was we had a split champion in the BCS. The whole system was created so we wouldn't have split champions. But, of course, USC, which was number two in the AP poll at the time, whooped. Michigan in the Rose bowl and we had a split champion. Yeah. So they went back and they tweaked the system and told us this will never happen again. If Alabama beats LSU, I have a hard time saying that these other teams didn't deserve a shot.
1: If Oklahoma comes out there and just outclasses Oklahoma state, Oklahoma Oklahoma state, state comes out there and outclasses Stanford beats them by like 30. I, that's a split champion to me.
2: Yeah. And I mean, that, that's the problem. And I think the fallout from this year, is we're going to have another tweaking to the system. We're going to have something that says you have to at least win your division in your conference to get to the national championship game. And I'd be okay with that. But I find it hard to believe that a team that's third in their division, I get they have one loss, but they're third in their division. Gets a national championship berth.
1: Doesn't make any sense to me. And, and uh,
2: my other major problem with this is V Tech and Michigan getting BCS bowl bids. Yeah, I'm okay with Michigan because I enjoy watching Michigan play. But the fact that Boise State is left on the outside looking in because they missed a field goal against TCU, and VTech gets in after getting roughed up by Clemson. Oh, just for the second time in a year,
1: just obliterated. We by have Clemson. two
2: teams from the ACC in BCS bowl bids, <sighs> and the ACC has been terrible it all stinks. year. It stinks.
1: It's awful, and not to mention there's there's teams ranked ahead of Michigan here that could have got this. I'm a Michigan fan, but it, it was I was I was happy to see that. I was like, oh wow, we actually got that, but eh, we didn't really deserve it so much this year after losing a big game to Michigan State, and that that pretty much should knock you out of a BCS contention. And Michigan State didn't get a BCS bid, and they were in the Big Ten, ten uh, the inaugural Big Ten championship. So uh, teams ranked ahead of Michigan, we got Baylor at 12, who could be very deserving of something like this.
2: Uh, they had a couple of rough losses. They had
1: a couple sure. rough losses, but yeah. they have a marquee quarterback, which would garner, which would get a lot of money for you. Yeah, I understand. Because that's a big deal. We got South Carolina, and I'm surprised that they didn't get there because they're an SEC team. So, <laughs> uh, we got Kansas State at number eight, uh, another Big Twelve school. Had a great season. A uh, couple losses around there. Boise State at seven, and Arkansas at six.
2: Well, and I, I know they couldn't put another SEC team in there.
1: No, oh, I bet they wanted to.
2: I bet they wanted to. But the fact is, I, I ha- Boise State not getting a BCS bull bid this year. Well, TCU runs the table and wins the Mountain West Conference. So not only does Boise State not get a BCS bull bid, but they don't even get the number one bull bid out of the Mountain West Conference. If they would have beat TCU and lost to someone else, they would have got a BCS bull bid. Yep. That's where we're at on this.
1: So now Boise State is stuck in Las Vegas on December 22nd and loses, Lord knows how much money, probably around 15 to $16 million for their school. Uh, and who are they playing at the Las
2: Vegas Bowl, Brennan? Who's the marquee matchup we get to watch the Boise State Broncos take on? Penn State. No. Arizona State. Oh, Arizona State. Jeez. The 6-6 six and six Sun That's Devils. It.
1: That's who... Uh, the self-implosion yes. down there in Tempe is who Boise State gets to play. The coachless.
2: Unbelievable.
1: Coachless Arizona State Sun Devils. And then uh, we have your your Coogies who fell all the way to 19 playing yep. Penn State.
2: Yep, yep. And, you know, I'll be watching the Ticket City Bowl, Penn State versus Houston. Uh, it's uh, I don't e- think you. It's on ESPNU. Yeah. But I think uh, I'll work something out there. I think maybe I'll go down to uh, one of the local taverns, <laughs> local watering holes down here in Dillon, Montana, and uh, watch that game. Yeah. But, Brendan, I'm upset. You know, I've been upset at the BCS the last couple of years. I have a hard time with it, and I said previously I'm not watching a Bama versus LSU game, although whatever the Las Vegas puts as the blind for touchdown scored in the game, I think it's going to be one and a half.
1: Yeah. I might bet that. I'll take the over.
2: I might bet that. I might bet that.
1: And it's just If betting were legal. If betting were legal. And Dan Patrick has been a definite proponent of something, you know, a playoff where not it's not going to happen for probably another ten years, if it will at all, but like a Final Four. Yeah, and a final four, and it's it's not a big deal for the teams because it's just one more game, and realistically, they have a month off to prepare for this game anyway. They're in national championship.
2: And um, what the problem is that if you go one more game after the conference championships, and that would have to be how it is. Yeah, you'd have one more week of games, and that would be your plus ones. So you know, this year we would have had uh, Oklahoma State playing Alabama and Stanford playing LSU in all likelihood. Yep. Those teams would play in what would be week 16 of the NCAA football season. Now that's pushing pretty close to semester finals. So I can understand what they're saying here, but that's how it has to set up. And then you release the BCS final standings after that, and you still do your bowls. You Mm -hmm. still get your money grab. All you fat, rich, white guys who get all this money, fine. You still get it. You still get your bowls. But we get one more game to determine who belongs in the national championship. That's what you
1: have. And if we have it this Saturday on the 10th, it does give um most schools have their finals uh the week of the twelfth through the sixteenth or maybe even the week after that if they have a short week. Yeah. Uh and I, I think it it's more money for the schools. And they love that. And they love that you could still have your key bowls and your, you know, Taco Johns, whatever. Don't change bowl. the
2: bowls at all. No,
1: just leave it that way.
2: Just give us two extra games the next week. To determine who plays for the national
1: championship. You could hype it up all week long. Oh my, So much money could be made off this. And it would definitely eliminate this AP whatever co-champion thing that is going to happen this year possibly. It's not, not
2: going to happen because it won't happen. They've, they've eliminated it. They mm-hmm. made it so that now the AP poll and the coaches poll and all the polls that the humans do are weighed heavily. So we won't have a split national champion. Unfortunately, it won't happen.
1: Should have an asterisk.
2: I understand. I understand. But we're heading towards the plus one. I really do believe that. So hopefully there's a light at the end of this tunnel. Oh,
1: and did you hear the reasoning behind Boise State not getting a big ball? No. They don't travel well. Oh, is that what it is? So Boise State is the equivalent of fast food.
2: They don't travel well, huh? Yeah. And the shellacking they put on Georgia doesn't...
1: Doesn't even matter. I mean, sure, they're second in the SEC, but what's SEC other than the only conference that matters.
2: You know, Brennan, it's, it's interesting. And you know, the one thing I think with a plus one, there's no more argument. And all these sec homers, these, these real Southern football fans. Okay. Let me tell you, Brennan, it's field position, field position and field position. That's what wins you the national championship. Okay. It's not this high flying pass offense where you are drawn up the plays in the dirt. It's field position. Okay. This shuts them up. Yeah, right? it does. Hey, if your SEC teams win out, if they win both their plus ones and they're playing the national championship, I will shut up. I will never say another word. But the fact of the matter is you're getting by strictly based on how you're perceived as the best conference ever or whatever. I get it.
1: SEC teams always get a really favorable vote in the coaches poll too, by the way, because the most coaches or whoever actually does the voting for the coaches are on the East Coast. And so they're not catching a lot of those West Coast guys' teams, like any of their games.
2: That'll change next year with the Trojans, Brent. <laughs> hey, if you're if you're no, a yeah. West Coast football no, fan, yeah. you want a USC
1: receiver. I, I certainly hope there's a West Coast Trojans and maybe even Washington State getting in there. <laughs> yeah. Huh? yeah,
2: The old pirate up there, the pirate up up some there. plays. And Brendan, we should probably touch on this real quick before we close up shop here and move on to uh, our favorite part of the night: the coaching searches. Yeah. UCLA has been rebuffed by Chris Peterson, Kevin Sumlin. The list goes on and on. No one wants that job. And now my moles
1: mm. out there
2: working in Westwood. Don't work. They're starting to tell me they're looking at Tom Cable. Uh, yes, yes, that Tom Cable, former Oakland Raiders head coach. And I believe he is currently, hold it, I will think of it, coaching the offensive lineup for the Seattle Seahawks. Also, Jimmy Moore Jr. is a name that's starting to bubble to the surface. Mm. Arizona State, meanwhile, was rebuffed by Kevin Sumlin as well after offering him a contract. And I'm hearing the same names at Arizona State, except I'm starting to hear a little more about Mike Bellotti, which I would think would be a terrible hire, but it might get the it might you know they might win the press conference there. Yeah. Still no coach down there, Ben. No. And uh, Chris Peterson said no, 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 no. no.
1: So yeah. well, and Chris Peterson's probably it go, is going to the Big East. Yeah,
2: that that was confirmed today. So
1: Houston, SMU, uh, Central Florida. Yep. So UCF. Uh is that it? No. There's is
2: more, but I, I don't remember. I now. There's like four teams or yep. something like that. Uh, so now he'll get an automatic bowl bid. So he, you know, you got to be happy about that, but.
1: I guess it's still I mean, kind of still kind of crappy. Why is he in the Big East? Yeah, they're in Idaho. And who's
2: their travel partner?
1: Yeah, you know, figure it out for Doesn't basketball.
2: I mean, Boise State does play basketball.
1: We do have some some NBA stuff. Some just quick stuff we want to run over. That's it's true. been it's some, been a big week. It's been a really big week. We've got a bunch of Dwight Howard, Chris Paul stuff that I'm sure everybody knows about. But there's a lot of movement with I guess the second tierish players and some third as well, uh, like Glenn Davis. He's apparently going to be offered the full MLE from the uh, Detroit Pistons.
2: And the full mid-level exception equates to about four years, $20 million nowadays. $20.5 million, roughly. And that seems like a lot of money for Glenn Davis.
1: Uh, Especially another undersized guy when you already have like a Jason Maxill or an undersized center in Greg Monroe. And Ben Wallace,
2: who is said to be leaning towards returning this year. Yeah. Not a lot of size on that Pistons team. It makes me question that move
1: and oh they also have Charlie Villanueva.
2: But they've long coveted, long coveted Glenn Davis. And Lawrence Frank was the lead assistant for the Celtics last year and he's the new head coach down there and he must he must think pretty highly of him if they're going to commit 20 million dollars to him.
1: Yeah, I mean and look at their core then if you uh, if you're looking at the Pistons if they do sign uh, Glenn Davis, they have Brennan Knight, uh, they got Rip Hamilton, they have Jonas Rebbco who they really like, they have Austin Day who they really like, and then you have Glenn Davis and Greg Monroe. So And Ben Gordon. Yeah.
2: Well, you didn't even say Ben Gordon.
1: Well, I know. I was saying a, a solid good core.
2: Oh, but you don't include him? I mean, he makes $12 million a year.
1: He does.
2: He's got to be a part of that core, doesn't he? Yeah. That's what I said. $12
1: million a year for Ben Gordon. Shoot. Yeah. Oh, and Jared Jeffrey is coming back to the Knicks.
2: And Mike D'Antoni's in love with him. So, yeah. it, it, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. The, you know, the interesting pieces here, Brendan, how much money does Tyson Chandler get? Uh, people are starting to talk about him getting a max deal. That would literally blow my mind. After we go through this new CBA and the owners lock down on the players saying, you know, we need to be able to make money in this system. We can't be losing money. If you go out and you give Tyson Chandler a max deal, I will be so upset about this whole lockout because it meant nothing. Yeah. You forget. Oh, completely. They couldn't give Tyson Chandler away, the Bobcats. They tried to give him away to the Thunder, and he failed the physical. Yep. And then finally, the Magic were able to get him, or the... Mavericks were able to get him for, what, Alex Ajinke? Yeah. Was that who it was?
1: It was Alex Ajinke, yeah.
2: And they got rid of Matt Carroll to the Bobcats? I mean, it's just...
1: Yeah, and 28-year-old Tyson Chandler uh, has an amazing defensive season for the Mavericks, and they win the title, whatever. Highly touted out of that. But you're still going to be paying a 28-year-old Tyson Chandler max steel money. Do they look at this when they're like... I'm going to sign Tyson Chandler, who's 28 years old, to a max deal.
2: And, Brennan, keep in mind, he's 28, but he came straight out of high he's
1: school. A, he's at St. Dominguez High School. He's He's got two
2: extra years on his knees. And normally those high school players, look at Richard Lewis. Yeah. As soon as they hit 30, it's all downhill. Done.
1: Well, and he played a ton of minutes for the Hornets.
2: And he played a ton of minutes for the Baby Bulls. Yeah. People forget that. Eddie Curry didn't get much burn his rookie year, but Tyson Chandler played some serious he's minutes. He's played
1: a lot of minutes his whole career, and it's just it, it's stupid. Well, I don't
2: and extending to stupid. The Clippers offered uh, rumorly
1: rumorly has accepted too. He accepted? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Because you just sit
2: it out and wait for someone to offer a bigger contract and the Clippers to match that.
1: Oh, he loves the clip show though. Even though DeAndre Still, he, DeAndre him, Jordan what? is is everybody's friend in the NBA.
2: We should probably tell the offer.
1: It, it is uh 5 years 4 years, four years, four years about 40 million. 40 million Yeah. So uh for DeAndre Jordan. A guy who wasn't that good in college.
2: Uh, highly hey, touted coming out of high school. Played one year at Texas A&M. And he's always been a project.
1: He's very raw. Uh, he's got good defensive potential. And he can catch oops. And he's Blake Griffin's best friend. And he's Blake Griffin's best friend. Yeah. But uh,
2: Four years, $40 million. Now, that screams to me as bad contract.
1: Yes. Possibly. He's very. He's still very young.
2: But... Keep in mind the Clippers have Chris Kamen on the books this year for twelve million dollars. Maybe. So you're committing twenty two million dollars to the, the position of center mm-hmm. when you have Blake Griffin at the four. Yep. Seems like an awful lot of money for the center position.
1: I think they'll find a home for Chris Kamen. I
2: believe they will as well.
1: So but and so they're they're gonna tie their future into DeAndre Jordan, a project center. Uh yeah.
2: To stay on the list of really crappy centers in the NBA who are gonna get big pay, is Samuel Dallenberg.
1: Yeah. He get just paid. won't go away. Pay it.
2: Made uh, upwards of twelve million dollars last year, had a solid eight points eight rebound season for the Kings, and he is gonna get paid.
1: Well, and the the second best center in free agency, not named Dwight Howard, I guess, uh Nene.
2: Well, and Dwight's a free agent next year,
1: but Well, I mean he's gonna be readily available centers.
2: To me, is Nene a center?
1: People, I say no. People like to think he is. I say no. He's I say a 6'10.5 center. I don't even think he's 6'10.5. Negotiable.
2: He doesn't have much defensive prowess. With with the hair. He's a good offensive player. Big body. One of those guys you can actually throw the ball to down on the block, and you're going to get two points. Hustles. Good hustler. He, he does all these things. But he's more of a four. And for me, the logical fit is the New Jersey Nets. You play Brooke Lopez, who can't rebound the ball at all at the five. And you can play Nene at the 4, put him at the 5 when you want to go small. And I mean, Nene at the 5 when you, with your small lineup, with Darren Williams one, running the point.
1: And he's athletic. He'll be yeah, able he to met. make the big plays and catch oops or whatever. Uh, Larry Bird actually flew to Denver today to meet with Nene.
2: Which is interesting because I'm hearing Larry Bird is enamored with Marc Gasol. Yeah. Gasol. And, and, and maybe this is some showmanship, and maybe he's thinking he can put a big offer out there and the Grizzlies are going to be forced to match. And all of a sudden, the Grizzlies are going to have one of the biggest payrolls in the NBA.
1: Mm-hmm. So, uh, a
2: lot, lot of chips to fall, Brad. A lot, we a lot of even, stuff going we on. We haven't even got the Jamal Crawford. Oh, crowf. Everyone's favorite offensive two-guard.
1: The uh, NBA leader of all time in four-point plays.
2: And a man who has never played defense. And never will. Never will.
1: Never will. Uh, he's been leaked to
2: a lot of teams. I think he's got uh, like a dozen teams that have contacted him. And he's, you know, pretty much said I'm interested in everyone. So that tells me that he's looking for some money, money, money.
1: Yep, and Jamal Crawford is, yeah, a lot of people like, a lot of casual NBA fans are like, oh man, Jamal is good, why don't we get him? Jamal Crawford is a volume shooter. And yep. by that I mean he, lo- you touch, he, if Jamal Crawford touches the ball, you're not getting it back.
2: Well, and it's good for a team that struggles to produce offensively with their second unit. I mean, it's great for a team like that. Oh, it's that. great.
1: And if if he wasn't already a uh, Chicago Bull at one point, I'd say he would fit great with your second unit. Possibly. I,
2: I don't agree, because Derrick Rose plays 40 minutes a night.
1: Yeah. And if I
2: have Derrick Rose on the court, I would like the offense to be ran through Derrick Rose <laughs> and not Jamal Crawford.
1: And, and he is a guy who will take the ball up every once in a while.
2: And he is a guy who, if he gets hot, he will drop 50. In yes. any given night. He's yeah. done this multiple times. I mean.
1: And he, he's, he's about, what, is he 30 now?
2: Yeah, he's pushing up. He's starting to get old. He's getting
1: old, but it really hasn't seemed to affect his play no, that much at and all.
2: And he can play, you know, he can be adjacent Terry. Mm-hmm. You know, he could play with a bigger point guard and play serious thirty five minute nights and not, not have a problem. You can bring him off the bench, it'd be great. But where really is Jamal Crawford gonna land? And I've got one that I think Minnesota Minnesota Timberwolves. I think he's a good fit there.
1: Yeah, I I think that makes sense. Wesley Johnson's not ready to start yet.
2: No. And you can start Wesley and you can bring Jamal off the bench take Beasley off at the same time, and all of a sudden you've got one great perimeter scorer, you still have Kevin Love out there. Uh, Derek Williams can get some burn there. Yep. I, I like that fit.
1: I think that wouldn't make a lot of sense. Uh, probably teams like the Cavs or Wizards, I think, are going to throw him an offer as well, just because they're East Coast teams, and he's...
2: I think the Wizards' future is tied more to Nick Young. I, you know... I really do, because they have Jordan Crawford.
1: Is Nick Young a... Restricted Restricted free agent, yeah.
2: But the Bulls have been... Toying with the idea of offering that knucklehead their full name yeah, level.
1: a lot of a lot of teams are thinking about the Nick Young option, and a lot of teams, also the Bulls, are considering uh, the Grant Hill option, the Koran Butler option. And Grant Hill, I
2: believe, trimmed his team his list down to four teams today. Yep. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong: the Knicks, Suns, Bulls, and Clippers. Clip show. Uh, I don't think he's a fit for the Clippers.
1: No, but the Clip Show is enamored with Koran Butler.
2: Yeah, and Karan was supposedly supposed to be in San Antonio today, and he skipped that meeting because he wanted to meet with the Clippers again. Mm -hmm. So you could see Karan Butler, and that's a good fit. They Mm -hmm. needed a three. I always thought Tayshaun Prince would end up there. I thought he fit that scheme pretty well. He's a long, good defender who's always been able to get his points without really disrupting the offense. And I, I think Caron Butler would be a good fit there as well.
1: Well, everyone just loves Vinny Del Negro in meetings.
2: Yeah, apparently no one's ever watched, uh, you know, and actually broke down any Vinny Del Negro game. It's not pretty. It isn't good. Uh, he's the one coach in the NBA who I've seen run the flex offense for extended minutes at a time. The flex. Now yeah. keep in mind, the flex offense is a favorite of women's high school coaches because I mean, it's it's easy. You get good looks out of it. But you're talking about NBA athletes here, and you're running the flex. That's Vinny Del Negro in a nutshell. Oh, yeah, that and not having any timeouts ever because never. he just blows them in the first. Oh, <laughs> Vinny Del Negro.
1: Oh. So, yeah, it's uh, NBA start really starting to heat up here. We're going to get at it more on Thursday, I'm sure. Oh,
2: yeah, we're a big uh, NBA show on Thursday.
1: The uh, NBA schedule is released today. Going to be a busy season for those teams in the 66-game season.
2: Yeah, uh, I know every team is guaranteed to have at least one back-to-back-to-back and I believe 10 teams have two back to back to backs.
1: It's ridiculous.
2: And I've also heard that there's going to be, every team's going to have five games and six nights. Yep. Now, five games and six nights, I have a hard time watching the Charlotte Bobcats play. Um, I just don't think I can watch this. And I watch all NBA. I am not picky about my NBA. But I have a hard time watching the Charlotte Bobcats trot out there on the old sixth night and their fifth game. That is just, Ugh. it's going to be rough basketball.
1: It's, it's definitely going to be a weird season as far as some of these, the, the atonement it takes on the uh, players' bodies.
2: We were supposed to have free agency open on the 9th. Yep. And that was supposed to be simultaneous with training camps. I'm hearing rumors now, Brendan, that they might push back the training camp opening to the, uh, the following Monday. The twelfth. Okay. That only gives you really 12 days to get your team
1: in line. Yeah.
2: That, that seems like a huge issue, does it not? I mean,
1: no, it I, definitely does. And especially with all the trade buzz going around, teams with new coaches, and then teams are going to be picking up new players at the same time in training camp. Yeah. So you're going to start off one day in training camp, and all of a sudden you're going to have a, a new guy trot in. Uh, Chris Paul, actually, has been, he's one of the top two hot topics of this season, the preseason so far, as he's expected, the Hornets expect Chris Paul to make his decision on trade by uh friday
2: well he wants to be traded yeah if he gets traded now he can still sign his max extension with the team
1: before he goes to be a free agent <laughs> chris paul says he'd prefer uh to be traded to the clippers over the warriors because he'd be able to be paired with blake griffin eric gordon eric gordon would be in that trade no the, Is, uh, and then they offer eric gordon the no earlier day? they
2: said eric gordon will not be part of any deal for who would chris they be paul? trading I don't know. Picks? Uh, they, they came out and said that because apparently Chris Paul's given them no indication he'll sign the extension. And this is going to be the Carmelo, the melodrama all oh, over all again. All
1: over again. Him and Dwight. Uh,
2: I, and I think Chris Paul is actually an easier case to predict. The Hornets have to trade him. Yep. They have to. They can't risk losing him. They have five players under contract right now. Five. Now, they made a preemptive strike. They've already agreed to terms with Brian Butch the former Wisconsin big man. Now, I think that is purely so when training camp opens, they can play a little three-on-three. Yeah. That's purely the only no, reason that's I think. that got to you know? be it. Uh, you know, and then they got one sub to run in there when they're running the old five-on-o. Well,
1: Brian Butch is playing uh, over in South America. This, yeah, the Pan Am games. The Pan Am games. Just yeah. Tearing it up.
2: Yeah, yeah. Terrible, terrible. <laughs> T- terrible tournament that was. But, Brendan, do you not find it? I mean, I coach basketball. Yeah. And I don't coach athletes or players near the level of the NBA, okay? Well below that, but I find it hard to believe that a new coach like Mike Brown will be able to implement his whole offensive and defensive system in 12 days.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, it's going to be very difficult. Even though it is a veteran team with the Lakers, and they'll be able to hopefully get on a cur- the veteran curve, I guess, with that. But still, it's it's going to be a challenge for any new coach this season.
2: And like Rick Adelman, yeah. he's got a team that is very, very, very young up there in Minnesota. And now he's going to be given 12 days to get everyone on his team to understand his corner offense. It just, it seems we're rushing into this and I understand we all want basketball on Christmas. Believe me, I will watch every game on Christmas, but the product is really going to suffer. And I just hope that we don't have a lot of NBA fans coming out and saying, you know, Oh, this is the worst basketball I've ever seen
1: because obviously it's going to be, I mean, you got, uh, you got Adelman up there, you got McHale in Houston, uh, Mark, Lawrence Frank.
2: Mark Jackson down Mark in Jackson. State. Yeah.
1: A ton of new blood in the U.K. Dwayne NBA Casey. K- Dwayne Casey. Yeah, just a ton of new blood implanting new systems uh, for a lot of young players for some of those teams.
2: Yeah, a lot of them are rebuilding teams.
1: So, uh, going to be a uh, interesting first couple of weeks. <laughs> Pretty sloppy, to be honest, but. It's going to be good to have the NBA back.
2: And, Brennan, it gets no better because they'll be playing so many games per the week that you may have time for one practice. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's going to be a lot of learning on the fly. It's really going to favor veteran teams. We've said this before, but you know, teams that have got all their pieces in line, they're going to be the teams that benefit. Uh, I love my Chicago Bulls going into a 66-game schedule with no circus trip.
1: Oh, they'll be looking good. I love
2: that. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you find a two-guard, whatever. I'm in. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this is the West Coast Bias show. Uh, kind of winding down the show here and starting off with our favorite part of every show, Jordan. Yeah. Of course I'm talking about the hot chick of
2: hot, the night. Thing- hot, 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 hot,
0: hot.
2: Oh, yeah. It is the Hot Chicken of the Night here on the West Coast by Sports Show, the
1: WCB show, for those of you in the know. Oh, yeah. So, Jordan, it was your pick tonight.
2: Hashtag HCOTN for all you Twitter maniacs. The Hot Chicken of the Night tonight is Amber Heard. Streak's at 18. The streak continues to 18. She was born April twenty second, 1986. Our streak's legal. Our streak is now legal. That is correct. Our streak is at the age of consent in most states uh, in the United States of America. Amber Heard, 25. 25, a young 25. April baby. Mm -hmm. Born in Austin, Texas, which is better than, uh, I don't know, uh, anything more east than Texas. She's 5'8", which is in my ballpark. It's right in the middle. Right in the wheelhouse. I could turn on that. Now, she dropped out of high school at 17, Brennan, and mm-hmm. moved to New York to pursue a career in acting. Yeah. Or in modeling, but decided that modeling ah uh, just wasn't rewarding enough. So she made the move to Los Angeles to be an actress.
1: Oh, Her uh, her father, David, is a contractor, and her mother, Paige, is an internet researcher for the state. What What is an internet researcher, and how can I get paid to do that?
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. I figure you just Google things all day
1: i do that
2: anyway. I know you do. So you would be very good at it. Uh, Brennan, she was number 13 on the Maxim Hot 100 for 2010. But, eh, you know, that seems a little low for her. She is very, very hot. Now, uh, Brennan, little news in December of 2010. Mm-hmm. Amanda actually came out of the closet and said she is a lesbian. Wow. She's apparently been in a relationship with uh, a successful photographer for a couple years. Uh, I've read quotes that she doesn't put. La- she's one of these people that doesn't put labels on things, and she likes boys and girls, and oh, she's just she's just a fan of love. So right. you know, two each his own. Uh, she did a bunch of minor parts in uh, TV series like Friday Night Lights, The Mountain, The OC, and Drop Dead Sexy before her breakout role as Young Josie in 2005's the North Country.
1: Of course, that film. I think it was a TV, TV series. series. I'm, not, I'm not really sure. TV s- film series. I've never seen it. Super good. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, as a teenager, Heard was active in her school's drama department and appeared in uh, local commercials and campaigns. Uh, At the age of 16, unfortunately, she uh, had a friend die in a car crash. Very sad. Uh, A lot of people have that problem uh, when they're growing up and stuff. It's rough. Uh, She declared herself an atheist in high school as well at a young age, due to the influence of the works of Ayn Rand. So she's a Ann Rand. Ann Rand. I mean, George
2: Oswell. Orswell, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah. Anne, Anne you're Rand. The, you're the you Rand is the lady who wrote Atlas Shrugged. Yeah, you're you're the lit yeah. major. That that's your so, role. Yeah. If we were talking about you it's know, it's 10:30, you know. If we were talking about it, you know, Euler and.
2: <laughs> Koshi, I'm I'm right there with you.
1: It, it's 10:30. It's almost sleepy time.
2: Now, Amber has done some real crap movies, and I'm gonna give you a few of them here. Uh, she was Alma in Alpha Dog in 2006, which was crappy. She was uh, Baja Miller in Never Back Down in 2008. Crap. I've got friends who actually enjoy that movie. She was Jen Jones in The Joneses in 2009, which crap. was crap. She was starred opposite Johnny Depp in The Rum Diary in 2011. I don't know how that was. Uh, I've heard terrible things. Crap. Uh, she also starred one of our favorites, Nicolas Cage, in Drive Angry as Piper in 2011.
1: Oh, no. no. It's Drive Angry in three D. Oh, that's, that's right. I, you know, title. I completely forgot that's to write three D in the title. <laughs> yeah,
2: my bad. Uh, she did have a reoccurring or uh, one episode arc in California two thousand seven, playing a character named Amanda.
1: That's a good. That's a good show.
2: And the film I know her from, Zombieland of two thousand nine, she was four oh six. And keep in mind, the four oh six is of course Montana. So that's ew, awesome. We like Amber Heard up here. Yeah. She's currently starring as Maureen in the Playboy Club, which is some TV series that I haven't watched yet, which is surprising, yeah. given that it's the Playboy Club. And she's going to be starring as Six. Not like S-I-X, but the number six in the movie Syrup. And I would give you a synopsis of this movie, but my computer decided that it did not want me to read the synopsis, so I can only assume that it's terrible. Too hot. Too hot to she, handle.
1: Uh, she heard... Uh, <laughs> Heard grew up around uh, guns and oh. such. She actually owns a 357 Meg. Wow. Yeah. Uh, she's a big fan of muscle cars. She actually drives a 68 Ford Mustang. Yeah. She, she
2: sounds more dudely than me. I know. I don't uh, know cars or guns.
1: No <laughs> uh, know sports. She also owns a 67 Mercedes and a 62 checker cab. Wow. Shoot.
2: So she's apparently... yeah. I don't want to say she's more manly than me, but she apparently... That is. I mean... I don't do guns or cars. kind of like, is. I hate to admit it, but
1: let's just... Uh, the Clippers are now reporting they're also not going to include DeAndre Jordan if you ever wanted to trade in that uh, Chris Ball fiasco. So,
2: sounds like Chris Kamen is going to be the main piece there.
1: Ooh, what a piece. Tree build upon. Wait. Up top.
2: There right is. there. There it is. That's is what we need. Oh, let's close up shop. Maybe let we'll this ride out just a little bit here. We are pushing up on 93 minutes on the West Coast Bias Sports Show. We could be approaching a land speed record. For how long? We got a show.
1: We did an hour 45 at one time. Man, we're not. Do that. No. Let's do that.
2: Well, Brandon, this is school late. night after all. It's a haircut Tuesday <laughs> here on the West Coast Bias Sports Show. Uh, I feel like we had a uh, subpar show tonight.
1: It's was, it was entertaining. Not a Pantheon show, but uh, it was fun.
2: I think enough to get the listeners through a tough Tuesday night here.
1: Cold. Tuesday. Very cold. Super cold. Uh, what we got on TV tonight? Sons of Anarchy for you. Yeah,
2: it's the season finale, and uh, Sons of Anarchy has been throwing darts. It's been getting pretty heated. Uh, I'm looking forward to the season finale, and I'm looking forward to not having to watch Sons of Anarchy for six months, because, you know, I'm starting to be that guy that's like sweating during the show, and you know? I gotta go take a shower because <laughs> it, it's just too intense.
1: Oh, What else man. we got on the DVR? Uh, well, Wednesday, we have the Psych Mid-Season Finale. Oh. no. I know. Shucks. I know, we're running out of stuff to watch. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to start getting on things. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it's gonna be awesome. Last week with William Shatner was awesome. Yeah, great episode. Hilarious. Oh, great episode. Uh, the real world, coming with the, the title of this uh, show is Click Click Kaboom.
2: And I think we have a double dose of real world this week. I think we might. So, uh, two episodes of real world, uh, hopefully that can get us through till Thursday when we can start watching some more college basketball, hopefully we got some big games coming up.
1: Yeah! So, uh, what you drink, if anything?
2: Tonight, uh, I actually got a big day tomorrow, so I'll be in bed early. Yeah,
1: I, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow for class, really, I think I have to revise something, but... I'll probably have an MGD or two before I get to bed. Well, I'm obviously going to have one or two MGDs, but not yeah. too
2: big of a day for me to be going hard.
1: Yeah, so that's true. Totally agree. Well, this has been West Coast Bias Show. I am Brennan Juden. And I'm Jordan Featherman. Drink safely. We're back to the man Yeah! Once you get
2: started,